0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are on this planet. This is your host, Frosty Rucker, on the Take Back the West podcast, and welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we're going to do this Trojan recap and talk about our now number 13 USC Trojans first the UCLA Bruins and a hard-fought matchup in the Rose Bowl. Okay, let's dive into this. Our now number 13 Trojans, they were 15 before the game, they really played a scrappy, confident team at UCLA. Now, This rivalry game, the best of the best comes out of guys. I played in it three times. I I know all about it. I I get the, the feels every time it comes up. I get the feels every time it's on TV, replays and all that. That's what this game's all about. UCLA, for three quarters, whooped our butts. I was on the edge of my seat, A, because they were whooping our butt, B, because I bet betonline.ag, one of our sponsors. So I bet the spread and the cover, nervous. We were down by 18 at one point, but our Trojans finished the game 43 to 38. I was nervous though. I can't even front. I sit here, we're on the group chats. You know how we get down, uh, all of us champions. I like to throw that out there. I don't have to show my rings, but y'all know what I'm all about. You know, we're, we're texting the whole game and I'm telling you, everyone was sweating bullets. Uh, I'm surprised no one broke their phones because I know they didn't because they kept responding. But I tell you, UCLA handed to us for three quarters of that game, they handed to us. Let's go by a score here. First quarter, we didn't score anything. UCLA seven. Okay. Second quarter, Trojans bounce back with 10 points. UCLA 14. You, got, you can't trade touchdowns with field goals, guys. We know that. Third quarter. 14 to 13. We start edging our way back, but this fourth quarter, when it was 20 to three, we unleashed hell on them. I was so proud of our guys, the way they fought back. Situational football, they did it all. Now you can tell there's a lot of emotions that go into that game. You can tell how the guys uh, they were chirpy, uh, almost getting into fights. You have seen the receivers. You know, you know, we love our receivers. They were cocky as ever. I loved it. You know, that's what this is all about. But you could just tell the emotions were so high because, again, these are childhood friends going versus each other. This is backyard football on the mainstream. The whole country's watching. So, you know, there's a lot of pressure going into these big-time games. But that fourth quarter was something out of a movie. But to our defense, that's just kind of how this team rolls. You can't win the game in the first quarter, second quarter, or third quarter, but damn be sure the fourth quarter of these games is where our guys make their money. They step up, they get stops. Uh, it seems like everything's clicking. Uh, their special team clicks, defense, short yardage, situational football. They're just at their best in the fourth quarter. They got that fight in the fight on in this team. And I really like it. And the guys are balling so much. Three of our Trojans were. Uh, nominated for some awards for the week. So we had Keaton Slovis, my man, you had a phenomenal game. Uh, we're not going to talk about the interceptions. We're going to talk about the great things you did. That's how we get down. You threw for five touchdowns in the air uh, with that game-winning touchdown throw to Taylor. Um, another comeback for you, 18-point comeback. Uh, great job, my man. Uh, Pac-12 player of the week, offensive player of the week. Uh Then my man, Talanoa Hafunga, you ball, bro. Let me tell you about it. All the homies, all the guys that played before you, we're proud of you. You're going out there, you're like a a missile. You you play with the high energy. You're playing with speed and passion. You're playing that Trojan way, and uh, we're very proud of you. Uh, 11 solo tackles, 6 assists, 17 total tackles. There's one forced fumble and a pick six. Dude. That, that that was good for the Walter Camp National Defensive Player of the Week. Now, you're eating. Keep that up. You got another week, big week. Do it again, buddy. And then, you know, we got Drake, uh, Pac-12, defensive lineman of the week. So great job to Drake. Um, five tackles, two and a half for, for loss, and with that huge fourth down stop that you had in the second half. And let me tell you, how do you guys not block Drake Jackson off the edge? There was a couple times in that game I seen him coming off the edge with a clean shot at the quarterback. He had his hands up, hesitated once or twice. I'd uh, like to see him just run through someone and just you know completely decleat the quarterback. But they left him unblocked, so they did it again, and he comes up with one of the biggest uh, tackles in the game in a momentum swing. Drake Jackson, you got to block that guy. But to say that, to say this. So my next guest is Ryan Dirud and he's a co-host with myself on the LA Football Podcast. We cover the Rams, Chargers, Trojans, and the Bruins. Um, bringing him in, he's very insightful. Enjoy. Ryan, what's up, buddy?
1: Ross, my man, what's going on? Happy to be with That's you. Rob. You like that? I oh, do, look at that,
0: guys. That's going to be my new icon. It look like me. All right, come I back. Think look, I think it looks identical to you. Yeah, that is me. That's Frost. What's up, man?
1: <laughs> not much, dude. Just uh, enjoying some uh, time with family real quick. Uh, we're doing an early quiz- Christmas out in Colorado, uh, so just enjoying uh, that and watch some good football this weekend.
0: Awesome. That's good times, man. i like Colorado. Make sure you go to Silvermine Subs. Tom Frosty sent you. No, don't tell them that. They probably won't give you anything. But I've been there, though. It's the- they do have phenomenal subs, so you're not wrong. Phenomenal, bro. They got one. Yeah. Like Steamroll or something like that. It's like the mm-hmm. meatball sub. Anyways, that's just the yeah. me back to this. So we're doing the Trojan recap right here on Take Back the West. And um, what, what how would you feel about that game? I, I personally felt it was a great game. I thought UCLA was a lot better than we all gave them credit for. Uh, they weren't afraid. They stood toe-to-toe with our Trojans um, that are number 13 in the country now. They start the game at number 15. Uh, how would you see that game? I mean, I, the game itself I loved. As someone that
1: doesn't have direct affiliation to either – um, I went to Long Beach State, so now I cover both teams. I just wanted a good football game. Uh, I didn't give a score prediction on our show, the LA Football Podcast, but I did think the Trojans were going to be victorious. Um, but I thought it was a great game, battled back and forth. Obviously, the Bruins jumped out to an early lead, and the Trojans came roaring back. You know, twenty to three in the fourth quarter, which has basically been their mo the entire season right. is just how dominant they are in that fourth quarter. But I thought both teams played great. Both quarterbacks had their mistakes, but had big plays when they needed them. Um, The running game was going for both teams when they needed. I thought coaching decisions were good. So it was just a great victory bell game and a good, uh, a good situation for the city of Los Angeles for the LA football.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, like you said, both quarterbacks had their, their good and their bad with both of them throwing two interceptions. Um, I thought it was a well-coached team. Both teams came in confident, ready to really duke it out. And they did. Um, I got everything I needed from it. Uh, I was very excited. I think this is a, a game like that helps the city of LA with both our teams with recruiting. Um, I'm a little nervous to be completely honest and frank with you, I'm nervous that even if we win this game versus Oregon coming up, we'll get to this Oregon matchup uh, another time. We're doing a recap now of UCLA. But even if we win that, I kind of want to leave it at that. I know we all have aspirations of them going to a playoffs or whatnot, whichever team got in you know, from Pac-12 mainly the USC from my standpoint, we're all pumped about it. But the way things are going, how confident this ball club is, I don't want to see anything negative happen to just disservice our team. I think if we go and we get in this playoffs and we play versus a really good team and we get, we get in our trail position thinking we can come back and we don't, I think it yeah. affects us negatively with recruits, and I'm not here for that.
1: Yeah, well, I think that, you know, the college football rankings are extremely subjective. And, you know, the committee of 13 makes mistakes all the time. And their, their system seems to change all the time. But I think USC's ranking of 13 is actually pretty fair, pretty accurate for the teams in front of them. And meaning so, I don't know if they're a top four team. And if they go to play one of those top three teams, I don't think they're on that level yet. And they're building there. So to your point, I think you don't want to end the season negatively with, I'm not saying they get blown out, but if they have to play – if they're a four seed and have to play Alabama, if you lose that game big, yeah, that affects you negatively heading into the offseason where if they beat Oregon and whether their season ends there or they play like a Rose Bowl game against a Wisconsin or some other Big Ten team and they win that game, then you go in the offseason 7-0, recruiting looks great, you're building for the future, and then next year, let's hit the uh, college well playoff with a full offseason. Um, which I think would bode the team a lot better because you have a returning, you know, Slovis, returning Drake London, returning uh, Marquis Stepp, a lot of these guys on offense. Obviously, defense has a lot of returning guys. Um, so, I think that would bode better for the program. Of course, everyone wants to see him in a playoff. I just don't know if it's the right time right now.
0: Right, because if we go back to last year, I don't like going back this far, but we finished the season off with UCLA, handed them a big L. I mean, yeah. L's just – Oh, yeah. I seen a gift like that. It was really cool. I think it was Floyd. Yeah. He was doing money, but it was L's.
1: So yeah. you were throwing off. shots at the nine zero.
0: It was right, popping. Right, right. It was a great time. I was there. It was a, it was a great time. And then we end up matching up versus Iowa, a team that we were like, oh, okay, we should be able to match up and get some points and get completely blown out of Qualcomm Stadium yeah. and end up hurting our, our whole offseason with mm-hmm. all this. With Clay Helton, Jazz, this, that, we suck, we're not this, we're not that. And it hurt us. Even though everyone was so pumped up after the UCLA game, that's what I don't want to happen again. I don't want to go through another offseason of controversy. I just want to build, taking back the West. So there's why I'm a little iffy on this playoffs. Obviously, the competitor in me, I want to see these guys match up and face anyone, anytime, any place. I love that. But for our program and what we're trying to accomplish here and trying to get back to that status of top five rankings and being number one for consecutive weeks and people being scared and afraid of us, that playoffs may be the worst thing that could happen.
1: Yeah, well, like you said, keeping it real, the goal of this team is to be in contention every single year. They should be the top dog every year, the top recruiting class every year. But you have to be real, and they're not there right now. They're building to that but they're not there right now. So you don't want to see anything to jeopardize that, which I agree with you, I think, a playoff. As much as i love to see a, a USC-Notre Dame matchup, potentially, I just, yeah. And I think they actually would match up well against Notre Dame, but Clemson, yeah. Alabama, Ohio State, I don't like those as much.
0: Me either. We're just not, not yet. Yeah, but it's coming, you know, and that's why it's like, I, I don't want to do anything negatively to, to impact that in the wrong manner because I think these coaches and these players have done a phenomenal job, uh, A, being undefeated up to this point, but dealing with the circumstances of what's going on with this COVID and, uh, you know, just dealing with it, it's been tough. It's been tough in everyone's life, but, you know, them trying to play football and, you know, teams can't field a team because of it, it's been so shaky. So, uh, again, hats off to those guys for finishing the way they have. Um, we're all supporting. We all want to see you do good. I know that's me really talking, and you know, Ryan doesn't really care because he went to long. Oh, I care. Hey, are you, oh, you care now? Oh, I care. I always get. Lamy
1: State doesn't have football, so I, I spent my Saturdays going to UCLA or USC, going to games to tailgate and do that, so I always kind of liked both teams. If I'm being real, and it, it, I don't want it to sound like fair weather, because but I can say because I didn't have a football team, I, I started leaning towards USC just because I wanted to see an LA team, a Pac-12 team competing for national championships, and let's be real, it has been a while since UCLA's been there, whereas USC has been growing quicker, and they've, they've been more recent, so, so I always kind of lean towards USC and and I think they're getting back to it. So I'm excited to see what the future holds. And I think they have like the 14th ranked recruiting class heading into next year right now. And they yeah. look to they look to build upon that in the offseason, which if they finish undefeated with a big win against Oregon and potentially a Rose Bowl matchup, then hey, I think they'll they'll build even higher and jump into that top ten.
0: Yeah, and another thing people aren't noticing or even talking about with this recruiting, it's not just the kids coming out of high school. There's JUCOs out there and there's gonna mm-hmm. be transferred. There's a lot oh, of teachers, and if we return back to dominant like that and dominance, I think we're, we're really on to something. So, Ryan, let me ask you this before we get out of here. Your take on Coach Helton for the season, um, obviously he's always in the hot seat. He's everyone's worst dream and nightmare, but <laughs> Clay Helton's 5-0. and oh. And I'm not going to sit here and say I say that, but just when you, we're looking at blogs and listening to all the chatter, um, yeah. something that I blocked out my whole career, and now I'm sort of – the blogs and the chatter so yeah it's really weird to <laughs> yeah. welcome to the dark side welcome to yeah, the dark yeah side. it's completely the dark side but uh, what's your take on coach helton now he's done this year
1: well i mean he's five and zero. Oh, like you said I, I think unfortunately for clay helton he could win a national championship next year and if the following year they lose one game fans are still going to want him out that's kind of just unfortunately the the throne he's on um whether it's fair or not i think when they when he was chosen over some of the other coaches or coach o for instance uh that's just kind of the fan base that that happened but i think he's he's done a great job and this is a off season with uh different circumstances obviously he's you've talked about a lot on our show he's let his coordinators coach and he's kind of just played manager and and been there to keep his guys focused and and the biggest thing about this team is they've played in big moments at the end of games and showed up when it mattered most. And to me that obviously you give credit to the players, but that to me that comes down to coaching that these guys are focused and, and maybe they don't get out to the starts you want to see. Maybe they, they have some, some lapses throughout the game, but when the, the moment means the most, they show up, they make big plays. Keaton Slovis looks great down the stretch, the defense locks teams down, down the stretch. So I think that to me is, you know, Clay Helton showing that he is the coach for the job and, and he's building something. And with this recruiting class slowly jumping up, I think, uh, Mike Bone made the right choice to keep him around.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the mantra of this team for the season is finish. They've done that time mm-hmm. and time again. They've uh, they made a lot of people very happy. I know, including myself and a lot of the guys in my group chat, shout out to the fellows in the uh, scumbag group chat. That's just <laughs> the name of it. That, that doesn't say anything about the people. They're great
1: guys. Or it does, or it does,
0: <laughs> but exactly. I think
1: too, you. I think too what you have to mention but that a lot of bloggers and stuff really don't is what Clay Helton did to his coaching staff in the offseason and we've already seen that improvement with, you know, Todd Orlando with the special teams. So that you gotta give credit to Clay Helton for that because he made a change when his back was against the wall and we've seen improvement in those areas. So so that too and with no offseason, I mean you implement a whole new defense and special teams with no offseason, it's hard to do. And the defense I think, yeah, they gave up thirty eight points, but they play hard, they play fast. Hufunga is I think one of the best safeties in the game. Um, they they have a lot of good playmakers and they've done good things with them. So I, I like what they've done with the coaching staff too.
0: Clay Helton, Pac-12 Coach of the Year. I don't. I think he should be. I'm saying it now.
1: How can he not be?
0: Yeah. One throwing tomatoes at me because all I'm gonna do is cut them up and put them in my salad. Clay yeah. Helton is Pac-12 Coach of the Year if they win this game and finish off versus Oregon. I said it. You can't. No you questions can't, about it. He's not the sexiest coach out there. He's not the one that, he's not Urban Meyer and all these, the, the things people are wishful thinking for. I know Christmas is coming up and I know you got your Santa list in, but you got Clay Hilton and he's 5 and 0. Yeah. And if he brings this home with 6 and 0 and there's a chance for anything extra, you better be damn proud of it.
1: Hey, sometimes the grass is not always greener. Sometimes you're just be happy with what you have and, and you're 5 and 0.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Ryan, thanks for stopping on, man. I appreciate you. Um, again, this is Take Back the West with Frosty Rucker. You're a on the Believe Network. You can follow us um, at Take Back the West underscore on Instagram. Uh, I'm The Organic Frost on Instagram. Ryan, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, I'm uh, Ryan Dyrud on Instagram or Ryan Dyrud LAFB on Twitter um, or the main account LAFB Network where you can find both Take Back the West and our LA football pod. So thanks, my man, for uh, having me on your show.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. And subscribe, subscribe, subscribe for Christmas. It'd be a great gift. <laughs>